Welcome to the Comfortable in Chaos Podcast. Podcast. Strangle your demons and let's go. Y'all need Jesus! Cause all I've got left is coffee and cigarettes, mixtapes and old cassettes. Welcome to the Comfortable and Chaos Podcast. You're having Sunday brunch with yours truly, Eric Helberg. And we've got a mixed bag of content. Hopefully we're not just left with coffee and cigarettes. Although they are uh, tempting in their own rights, and they can definitely help you get going in a morning. But in Sunday brunch, typically the ladies are having mimosas. Hell, maybe you are in a place where you can still light up a stogie or a cigarette. The men are having conversation and probably drinking coffee, black coffee. None of this froofy stuff. Black, strong coffee. Because we are designed to be stern, and we are designed to have a body, meaning strength. But at Sunday brunch, conversation should be flowing. Typically, it's post-church. We're having Sunday brunch today, pre-church. And we're going to a different congregation today. This is actually a predominantly African-American church, whereby we've been friends with the pastor for a very long time. It's all cool. And since I'm going to talk about some of the essences of free speech, I will be free. And what I've come to realize, there's a bit of a dichotomy in the world. Now, you know that my wife's family is, we'll call it the colloquial term, Hispanic. The hell does that even mean? It encompasses everything. People that simply speak Spanish, but they speak it in a million different ways. They come from a million different places. Some of them may have darker skin. A lot of them are lighter than me, right? Italian heritage, we've talked about that before. But what I have been noticing more and more and what I've been able to embrace is did you know when you hear this term, people of color, people of color, I'm not sure what that means, because that is the world. Other than a pure, let's just say a wasp, a wasp, a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, and since I'm a male, we're men, we'll say males, I think that people of color, they have a little bit more essence of vibrancy, life. Maybe that's why I like being around them. Yeah, I think there is a little bit more life there. I also like the interaction within the familial structure. It just It's just a little bit more zest, a little joy of the vive, right? And that may be contrary to what some of you guys want to hear. That's just simply my observation. What I've been able to latch on to and embrace and really enjoy. At the same time... <laughs> you always hear about indigenous peoples all around the world, right? 
And when you get these lefties, and let's just call them extremists, people that have no worldview because they never have been in the world. However, they have decided to give their views. Well, they had this storyline fantasy that all indigenous peoples on continents around the world are these sweet, loving people. No, they're not. They're friggin' savages. They'll kill you quicker than look at you in ways that would make you wretch. And they do it to your wife. They do it to your kids. The only thing that helped them to bend a knee were white, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant males. Yeah. Religion. A relationship with something higher. Until that came into the mix, you can go all around the world and you can call that tribalism. And whoever was stronger, or whatever the hell they believed... That was who was going to be superior. We talk about Native Americans here and we say, oh my gosh. People came to North America and they subdued these fine Indians. And Indians are badass. If they'd give me an opportunity right now, give me a week. Let's go out in the wilderness. Show me how you used to hunt. Let me learn some damn bushcraft. Show me how to use these knives. In fact, I've pleaded with these guys at the Mescalero Apache Reservation to show me this stuff. Guess what? None of them even have those long-lost ways in them anymore. And if they do, they're so decrepit, they can't even practice them to show them. Hell up where our cabin is, we've got to rely on old grandmothers to be elk elk hunting guides. It's not even the men anymore. It's really, really crazy. So yes, white men came to America. But what these tribes used to do to one another, previous to that and even after, was unspeakable. So don't ever forget that. It goes back to one of our other episodes. Know your history or you will be fooled. And what we're basically saying here is free speech. The ability to speak. Now, I think that that is incumbent upon your speech being rooted in truth. Well, what the hell is your truth? You have to have some truth and not just a mindly construct of yourself. That's how most people function. And therefore, the majority of their life is a lie. Yep, I've lived it. Your life is a lie until you find out what your truth is. Now, Let's go back a few years to the Reverend Jeremiah Wright's church. My goodness, in greater Chicago. Remember in that presidential election? He was speaking truth. He said old Bill Clinton was riding dirty. Oh, yeah, he was riding dirty with Miss Lewinsky. And that was true. I don't know much about what went on in that church, and uh, he quickly disappeared from the media circuit. 
probably because it wouldn't have ushered in young Barack. And we know Oprah went to that church. But Reverend Wright was correct. Now, was he trying to disparage the Clinton campaign, i.e. Hillary Clinton, so Barack could get in? I believe so. But at the same time, was he speaking truth? I believe yes. Was that Bill Clinton's truth? Well, hell yes. You've already heard me mention President Clinton many times on here and all of his cohorts. So what the hell is our truth? Hmm. Are you following Siddhartha Gautama, better known as the Buddha, the enlightened one? Oh, yeah. He predated Christ, didn't he? By five or six hundred years. And what was his stance? His stance was simply on one side of the spectrum, sensual indulgence. Okay, depravity. Or puro or pure asceticism. Another form of depravity. And he said, if you can simply live in the middle... Well, good Lord, we've got us a virtual Zen-like state. Well, that doesn't take anything. Hey, take the gloves off. It's a free-for-all. Oh, he's one of our constants in spirituality and religion. Okay, maybe he is your truth. You can always find it. Get under a tree and catch your breath. All right, who do we have? Muhammad? Okay. All right. Well, I don't know what... Much free speech was occurring with Buddha other than simply people grasping. And it's easy to grab that. But with Muhammad, as him and his dudes laid scorch earth to the Middle East, cutting off people's heads with their underage concubines, some married to him and some just slaves. Um... I don't think much free speech was allowed in that practice. You either agreed or you died. Okay, you can pick whatever other that you would like to entertain. But those are two prominent schools of thought. Okay, well, someone's going to jump on one of my listeners and say, well, damn, you just mentioned religion, Eric. Oh my gosh, what has happened in the name of religion? All sorts of unspeakable things. I'm the first one to admit it. Hell, I remember when I went into the army, they asked on my dog tags, uh, where are you, Jewish, Protestant, Catholic? I'm like, what the heck? I mean, uh, honestly, at that time, I didn't know the difference. I was unchurched. I thought Catholic may be Christian, but if they're asking me if I'm Protestant, well, obviously, there's a distinction between Protestant and Catholic. So I chose Protestant. I almost chose Catholic. I really wasn't sure. But I am a Protestant. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. And we're going to develop some of these concepts. Catholicism is not Christianity. There are some huge chasms there. And i.e., we can say the crusades that everyone's familiar with, Spanish Inquisition, um, millions and millions of people suffered and died. Yeah, under the bent of 
Catholic Christianity. We're going to develop some of those shows down the road. And I think you will find it very, very intriguing. So we've just established, albeit in loose conversation, that under Buddha, free speech really didn't matter. Do whatever the hell you want. Just find your center, a good tree, breathe. It's all good. Okay. We learned in the practice of Islam, no differentiation and or free speech or you die. Okay. Well, going back in the old days, you don't embrace the church of Rome, you die. Now, you have the Pope saying whatever in the hell he feels like saying, right? Because he needs to sensibly affect you with modern world culture so you can embrace what it is that they are pretending to be. Nice, gentle, welcoming. And isn't that the ruse? Isn't that what most people want in life? Nice, gentle, and welcoming. Should you stay there, you're going to die to yourself and or you're physically going to die. Okay, we're on free speech. Well, then let's go back to Christ. He did not subject anyone to any form of torture or death, but he did try to speak freely. Now, he's the only one that did not make people endure physical injury, but yet when he spoke, his freedom of speech was actually taken away from the religious leaders at that time. And they were so far threatened that they had to brutally murder him. At first, they tried to malign him. That didn't work. The message was catching on. So ultimately, it took power away from them, and he had to go. That is the distinction. Excuse me. That is the distinction in all these schools of thought and or belief and or whatever religion you prescribe yourself to be under. Hmm. And then we have so many Christians right here in this world who have no problem being muffled. Hell, a lot of them right there in the pulpit. Christ died when he tried to speak freely. But yet these guys are not willing to speak. What are they afraid that they will lose? And what is it that you are afraid that you will lose if you speak freely? So many people say, we want this, we want that, we want a better place. But will you go out on a limb and speak your truth? Or will you augment it so you can be kind, welcoming, noticed, and are part of something that you desire? Are you willing to step out?
I'm here to tell you that your struggles and the, your difficulty in life, i.e. in the Christian faith, your testimony, and that process therein is what makes you complete and allows you to further complete others. Don't shy away from it. We have a story to tell. And everything that we just mentioned in here is something that we're going to break down in future episodes and we're going to discuss at length. And it's going to piss some people off. But that's okay. At this stage in my life, I'm ready to contend for the faith. My faith. Jesus Christ. Lord willing, your faith. I'm ready to contend for my family. And I'm ready to contend for those. And I will be searching. It's not simply some core group. Because what you know at present is finite. What you have the ability to know is limitless. Let's make this circle bigger. Let's bring them around us through our behaviors, our actions, what we actually espouse that is in alignment with those behaviors and actions. Because then we are looking for and pursuing truth. And it may take a little bit of juggling in order to get there, man. I'm going to tell you something cool. This is something really, really cool. If you ever get emails from Quora Digest, and of course I'm setting up some things to come down the road. I would have already done the episode for you, Rage Against a Machine. But I liken it to Sammy Davis Jr. Before he died, they interviewed him. They're like, Sammy, would you have done anything different in your life? He's like, I wouldn't have changed a thing. Now, I don't know if he got eternal rest in heaven. I don't know if he got eternal rest in hell. I don't know enough about Sammy Davis Jr., but his quote was profound. He said, I wouldn't change a thing, but I don't know if I would have had the energy (laughs) to do it all over again. And I have felt like that many, many times. Oh, this is getting good, man. You've got me standing up now. I was sitting down, but I'm up now. So with respect to that episode, that Rage Against the Machine will be forthcoming. But to prep for it, and it does take some prep work. Oftentimes ideas come into my head and I just start regurgitating them out. But I actually was tired contemplating Rage Against the Machine because... I have functioned as a machine. I have given you a small litany of stories detailing some of those, I would say, processes of and or end results of being a machine. But it is mind-numbing and body-numbing to keep yourself so spooled up in order to perform and to perform at a high level. Anyone can be a flash in a pan, but to do it 10 years, 20 years. That's why I was tickled pink 
when I started exchanging emails going back to Quora Digest with DG Operator. Go to Quora. Q-U-O-R-A. Quora. And look at some of DG's posts. He's the end-all, be-all when it comes to Dev Group or SEAL Team 6. He's kept his anonymity with me, and rightly so. That's a credit to this guy. But this is a guy, everyone champions these men. Um, They've done everything in the global war on terror, and I don't know exactly when it was that he served. I don't know when he transitioned out of the regular teams and then screened for green team and made it to SEAL Team 6, as everyone knows. But he certainly didn't have to email me back. I mean, hell, with that pedigree, he can... I don't know, put a sign out and advertise close quarters battle. And many unfulfilled men and many men simply looking to get better would keep him busy for the rest of his lifetime. He has that much tactical knowledge. We will grant him that. He's done it for us and he deserves it. But point being, we exchanged some emails And he's listened to some of these shows, and he seems to approve. But what he talked about in a recent post, and he gave me the liberty to expound upon it, was in the process of buds, how you never, ever really want to stand out and be the best. He was an exceptional runner, but he lagged behind in swimming. But what he learned... And obviously, you never want to be the dregs. You never want to be down at the bottom. Both extremes create attention for you. One is extremely negative, And one just puts you on a more competitive footing that never, ever ends. Thus, the performance has to keep going and going and going. And he says he learned it was better to simply be a gray man, to blend in and be in the middle. And I emailed him back and said I often had to go gray in order to blend in with my surroundings and or my targets in the course of going to get equipment from them. But what I'm telling you here is that if you are truly going to Find who you are, whatever that truth is for you. You cannot be gray. Blending in is an exceptional tactic for many, many things. But to find out who you are, blending in simply will not suffice. And I am exhorting you. To do different. So that concludes Sunday Brunch on the Comfortable and Chaos Podcast. I bid you bon voyage, my burgeoning flock. Until next time, like and subscribe to the Comfortable and Chaos Podcast.